This is the Criterion Creeps Podcast. I'm Jared Duncan. RJ Baylock. And we're just two guys who have no other choice now but to creep our way through the Criterion Collection one spine number at a time in order of release. This week we're injecting punk into our hungry veins like everyone's favorite star-crossed lovers, Sid and Nancy, as directed by Alex Cox in 1986, and the 20th film in our creep. But first, RJ, how are you? Um, yeah, I'm doing pretty good, man. You're doing good? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. It was uh, Andrea's birthday this week, so mm-hmm. got into all sorts of fun activities. So many activities. Like, like I don't want to sound like, you know, superior or anything, but it was basically the coolest birthday ever. Don't talk about bedroom stuff. It's not that type of show. No, we don't do things like that. Okay. We, uh, we're those uh, celibate type mm-hmm. that have uh, the body sheets. Right. But, uh, you know, we got into some fun things. We painted some pumpkins. Mm-hmm. Uh, my pumpkin of which I put up on the Instagram. So if anyone's curious, uh, and, uh, you know, I'm not self gratifying or anything, but it's maybe the best pumpkin ever made. Yep. So people might be interested in that. And, uh, I, I made a cheesecake this week. So that was cool. Where's mine? Uh, you don't get any. Why? Uh, cause the last time I offered you sweet treats, I'm pretty sure you threw it in the toilet and said, said that it was basically shit. <laughs> I, so, I I don't recall that, but it's something I, well, I might have said. <laughs> maybe it was a dream, but it doesn't mean it didn't happen. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. How are you doing? Uh, doing good. Since uh, we last recorded, I went to my first metal concert. Ooh, metal daddy. Metal daddy. Uh, metal boy. I'm, metal I'm, boy. I'm merely a boy at this stage. Maybe You're not uh, in- I'm more like, to be metal, it's an, I'm like an embryo. I'm like an aborted embryo. Mm. Yeah. Found in a, a dumpster. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm so what did you go to? Where'd well, you go see? it was a triple threat of of uh, showdom. Uh, first up with was Death Angel, mm-hmm. who I was really unfamiliar with. Uh, my one friend mm-hmm. Cam, he was like super stoked about me seeing him. I guess he's been a big fan for like 20 years. Um, they were fine. They were like, I mean, it's the first metal act I've ever seen live before. Um, I guess I should admit that, yeah, I really am not much of a metal listener. Um, My interest in metal has always just kind of been from afar. There's like songs here and there that I will listen to. But for the most Mm -hmm. part, I am the cliche where I think that all metal songs kind of sound alike. Um, To me, it's just about the sound rather than any particular lyrics, Um, Mm -hmm. which I found out is not the case for metal fans. They can sing along and know the words, which is kind of amazing to me mm-hmm. um so yeah uh so death angel they they seemed like really nice guys <laughs> is that like that might be a really weird thing to say uh it's like i'm breaking mm-hmm. up with them or something or turning them down uh right. but they just seemed like really nice dudes uh you know just putting on their show they knew they were the opening act um let's see here they were uh chanel uh kind of whispered to me uh that they were very tiny uh, which is just like, yeah, like literally or like <laughs> no. in terms of hype, no, in terms of physically, like they're like, basically they're like average heighted guys that are in really good shape. Like they're just like super like wiry, muscly dudes, but they're not okay. like physically imposing. Like they're not big, heavy, heavy dudes. They're just like in really good shape. They're like skater dude guys, but they're just like on the mm. stage. They're just like not very imposing looking, um, doing their thing. Uh, that's like, it's just like this funny thing that I noticed. Cause I'm like, oh, so there are like cruiserweights in pro wrestling and then we're going to move up to the middleweights and then we're going to head to the heavy, the heavyweights in the main event. Just um, like just like you. Yeah. Um, I, I made some observations while I was at the show. Uh, it seemed like metal fans don't wear glasses. 
uh, it seemed like uh, Chanel and I we were both bespeckled people, and uh, we're just looking around, like in the section we were in, because we were not on the floor because we don't like to participate mm-hmm. in getting elbows in our faces and moshed sure. and like crowd surfing and stuff. That stuff makes me nervous. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were up there and we were looking around. It's like, yeah, people either just don't wear their glasses to these shows, or they, they just don't believe in glasses and they're driving around blind, or perhaps they come from a higher, finer genetic stock than me. Um, and that's maybe why I'm, maybe I, maybe I'm missing the metal gene. I don't know. These, these are all things that uh, occur to me. Uh, uh-huh. One of the highlights of my day actually at the show were uh, uh, before the show even started, uh, Chanel really wanted to get a t-shirt. She wanted to get a Slayer shirt. Yep. And so we went and stood in line, which was long, but it was going at a brisk pace. Uh-huh. So quickly that I actually just like turned around to look at something and the line had moved up quite a bit and I'm like, oh, better move up. And this is like large, like uh, obese man behind me. He just kind of bellowed. It's like, hey, buddy, if you don't keep an eye on that line, I'm going to butt in front of you. And it's like, oh, OK, well, that that's fine. That's yeah. fair. Did he um, stick to his word? No, no, he was fine. But then he's like started chatting me up because I guess mm-hmm. I maybe just don't look like I belong at this type of show. Sure. Um, even my best attempts at like being in disguise and being a metal person. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he started, well, what, what are you here for? And I was like, well, you know, uh, you know, this is the first metal show I've ever been to. I kind of intentionally said this because I figured that, yeah. you know, I might get a good reaction. And sure enough, this guy was like, oh, dude, yeah, man, you're about to get your fucking head blown up, man. And he's like, yeah, you know, Death Angel, they're probably going to be sucky. They're going to be probably pretty mellow. But, man, when fucking Anthrax comes on, they're going to blow your fucking head off, man. It's going to be so mm-hmm. sweet. And by the time Slayer comes on, man, you're going to, you're just going to be jizzing. Ooh, <laughs> is like, that really what he said? That is actually what he said. Oh, fuck. Yeah. And I'm like, Chanel thing asked, like, yeah, like jizzing through his head? <laughs> I, I don't know. I hope mm-hmm. so. Uh, so the guy, he was, he was also kind of then curious what, uh, uh, what music I did listen to and I'm like or what shows I'd seen and I was like well I've seen like Nick Cave he's like who and I've seen the, the Pixies who what the fuck Aww. are the Pixies and I'm like oh uh, this guy actually standing in front of us he kind of like said they're kind of like Iggy and the Stooges and I was like yeah. huh okay <laughs> that's not how I would describe him but I'm at a loss because I don't know I guess I just assumed that these acts are fairly well known so he asked me like what, what, what's their most famous song and I'm like well have you seen Fight Club and he's like yeah, yeah. I'm like yeah it's, just, it's the, the end song from that okay yeah to be honest man that's not my thing it's just not my thing I'm like that's that's fine it's, I'm not asking yeah. it to be your thing but um, mm-hmm. yeah so that was like definitely like I, I, I enjoyed my exchange there and he I think, seems like a legit dude. Yeah, he's he is a legit dude. Actually, yeah, most of the dudes there were legit dudes. Uh, just like they all looked like uh, a good third of them looked like they were uh, auditioning for Sons of Anarchy. <laughs> like, right. Just hoodies and denim and beards, long hair, uh, like just wannabe bikers, I guess. And they're just like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's easy to dress like that uh, around uh, Creepsville. <laughs> it seems right. to be it's like it's quite a popular look amongst. Uh, your uh, average like you. white guys all over the place. Oh yeah! As soon as we uh, when we were in the parking lot getting out of the car to get to uh, the the place, uh, we sort of man bellowing, "Oh, fucking Slayer!" And I just burst out laughing because yep. I'm like, "Yep," because we heard that many many times the rest of the night. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, he wasn't wrong, right? Yeah, I guess not. <laughs> 
Um, so Anthrax came on. Uh, they were like obviously a lot, like they were a lot older than I kind of was thinking, but I realized, oh wait, Anthrax has been doing this for a long time. Yeah. Um, I did appreciate, uh, I don't know, the the big back drops that they had for these uh, acts. Like mm-hmm. the, the Anthrax had four like skeleton vampire popes <laughs> and some pentagrams, all the usual cliched shit that comes along with the metal. Cliche. Um, yes, cliche. It's tropes, but mm. it's but people, you know, if you change that stuff, people get mad. They want it to be. They want it this way, and I'm, that's cool. But I mean, it's kind of going to limit the appeal. I think. I guess. Sure. Sure. Um, so, uh, what would I say about them? I guess so. The first few songs they did were really good. You could go like you suddenly were like, wow, yeah, these guys are in a different league than Death Angel. Uh, but then they hit this wall about halfway through when they played this song Antisocial. And that song, I actually genuinely was like, I don't like this song at all. I like really yeah. don't like this one bit. It's just like, sure. it's not the type of metal that I've kind of like the one the, for the metal that I like. It's not what I like at all. Um, sure, yeah. and then like the rest of their set was basically more music like that, where I was just like actively kind of like, I don't like this. Oh, and like it seemed like people were into it. They're all throwing up their uh, their little Satan hail Satan hand gestures and whatnot yeah. that people like to do. Another yeah. uh, an- another trope of uh, shows, I guess, that kind of just make me chuckle. Man, uh, they're just living their life, man. I you know? know, I know. They're rocking hard. Uh, oh yeah, at this point, Chanel pointed out there was this like big fat dude in a red shirt. Uh, he was like at the, in the mosh pit, and he was just like just fucking rough housing people and slapping them around, being a real mm-hmm. turd. It's like this guy's just like one of those cowards who likes to go to these things to be a big man. So fuck you, fight anonymous people. fat guy. <laughs> yeah, I I have a few stories about guys like that. Yeah, that, I think they're all. That's what they live for. They live for the mosh. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it's at that, during Anthrax, that's when the crowd surfing started happening, and I started like really feeling bad for the security guys at the front of the stage, kind of like between the stage and the caged off uh, floor part, because they mm-hmm. just like all they were doing is like watching for people crowd surfing, and then they have to get in there to make sure that those guys don't land on their head and crack yeah. their brains out all over the place. Because it, it looks like there's one point that almost looked like it was going to happen, but luckily one security guy ran forward because usually they, they send like two or three, and yeah, mm-hmm. I just like I don't know. I guess if you were like a teenage boy who didn't didn't give a shit it's pretty fun but ugh, it, man i just it just stresses me out watching this let alone like being on the floor yeah. um and then of course there was like uh during slayer there's one girl who did this and i'm like oh that's that's taking things that's a risk i don't know yeah because dudes it's a, are, it's a major risk because dudes are pervs <laughs> yeah yeah well you're the biggest one around so you would yeah if you're give, thinking like she needs to watch out then she probably definitely needs to yeah so, yeah, I mean, it's like, sorry, folks, but uh, when you that's like the worst case place that you could be like, I'm going to throw this up and assume that people aren't going to try to grab me in my special places. Like, it's it's going to happen because mm. dudes are gross and it's anonymous. So Grabbing yeah. by the special places. Yeah. If only there was like a catchy like way to say that. Yeah. <laughs> if, mm. only, if only, if only. Well, maybe one day. One day. But mm-hmm. uh so did you have a good time though? Yeah, no, like I, I enjoyed it. Uh, I definitely would say the show went too long for my taste. It was about four hours all told, Holy which fuck. is crazy. Cause I'd say that like it started right at seven too. And, um, death, 
Yeah. Death Angel went about 20 minutes, 25. And then we, there's about a 20 minute uh, takedown setup for the uh, for Anthrax. And Anthrax probably went about 40. And then uh, it was probably about 9.20 when uh, Slayer started. And they went till pretty well 10.45. Later, they played yeah. nonstop. And so Slayer, the main event, they were great. They were like fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, Chanel had kind of been warming me up towards Slayer the last right. year or so. We went on a car trip last year, and before we left town, she's like, I want some Slayer CDs. We're going to listen to those in the car. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay. So we went to H&B and bought some cheap uh, Rain, on, Rain of Blood and stuff like that. And it was all the early 80s stuff. And uh, I have liked that a lot. And getting to hear mm-hmm. those songs live and see those guys perform, they are super great. Uh, that's why they are Slayer. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they... That, that so they they were totally worth it, but for me it just it went on way too long. <laughs> like yeah. I was like so ready, I was ready to go home and watch movies, RJ, because it's October. Because you're a big movie guy. I I love but, my movies. Uh, yeah, that's um, I uh, I'm a little jealous because I was supposed to go to that concert and it just uh, didn't happen for uh, one reason or the other. But um, I was supposed to go with my metal buddy, but uh, he was going on the floor and uh, I. I asked if he thought I could handle the floor, and I think he said no. So I, I guess I was just gonna go sit up in the stands. But uh, he took me to Iron Maiden in uh, mm, March last year, yep. and it was fucking awesome. Uh, so I'll, I'll tell you about, I'll tell all the folks out there about that another time. But uh, sure. uh, that was really good, and I wish I could have went to Slayer. Man, it sounds like fun. Did you get me a T-shirt? Nope. You motherfucker. You uh, never get me anything. You can't afford those T-shirts. I can't afford those T-shirts. Only Chanel can. She's yeah, a, okay. she's a high roller. I'm too busy buying Criterions. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Actually, yeah. uh, shirts are expensive. I think the most expensive con- concert shirt I have ever seen was a uh, Arcade Fire. Some of their T-shirts were like seventy dollars. Oof. Yep. Woof. Woof. Yeah, that's silly. That's silly. Oh yeah, they were. I think they were selling like hundred and twenty dollar uh, hoodies. Hoodies, yeah, yeah. which pretty standard fare. I guess so. Uh, my friend got an Iron Maiden bandana for twenty bucks. That's so, reasonable, uh, I guess. Yeah. yeah, and I got I got a shirt for fifty, but uh, we had to wait till after the show, um, and they were all out of my size, so it's a size too small. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if I'll ever wear it unless I get uh, you know fit. Hey RJ. Yeah. <laughs> We've got feedback. Oh man. Yeah. Is it yeah, we got some we got some uh emails. Uh emails. Yeah. Uh first of all, we heard back from Josh. Our good friend Josh. Friend of the show? Yes. From South Africa? Yes. Okay, cool. He wrote, hey guys, sorry I haven't written to you for a while and just recently caught up with the show. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to let RJ know he is wrong for not liking Salo and to thank him for calling me an asshole. Uh, Did I call him an asshole? I guess so. Or is it people who or, like the or, show? Yeah. Or like Salo? Uh, I think so. Okay. Uh, and thanks to the Ghoul School show. It's been fun hearing about horror movies I have never heard of and will probably never see. Good luck with the show. Regards. Well... Thank I you, find Josh. it, yeah. Thank you, thank you for the email. That's somewhat nice. I don't remember calling you an asshole, but it might have been about anyone who likes that movie. But I find it surprising that he's not going to watch a lot of these ghoul school movies because if he likes Salo, he's definitely into ghoulish, schoolish things. Mm-hmm. So I find that a little surprising. Yeah. Well, I've, but I've, uh, 
Yeah, that movie stinks. Yeah, yeah, and I've noticed he's been on the uh, a bit of a horror train, revisiting uh, the the franchises, the great franchises of the slashers. Oh yeah. Um, yep. So it's, it's just kind of rough going uh, tackling uh, the the Halloween, the Friday the Thirteenth, the uh, Nightmare <laughs> on Elm Streets. Uh, I know, I know what that's like. There's some good, there's some highlights and there's some lowlights. Yeah, there's definitely some lowlights in there, man. Mm-hmm. But uh, there's a few pretty good ones, like. Uh, Number one, Nightmare on Elm Street 1 and 3 are both big time awesome. Yep. Friday the 13th, 2 to 4, I think, are both are all really good. Yeah. No, so. I, def- I like 2, 3, and 4 uh, quite a bit. Actually, I think, I think Joshua did not like 3, which I was like, he didn't, he didn't, I don't think he liked those, uh, all, those 3D effects. <laughs> I think that's part of the charm. I, but. I, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, have, I have super nostalgia for that movie. So I, mm-hmm. I, have, I have no like way of like looking at that thing mm-hmm. objectively through eyes. That yeah. I love that. I, it's got like one of the brutalist kills of all time. Man mm-hmm. being hacked in half doing handstand. That thing is so good still oh fuck yeah he hacks him right in the yeah. dick like right oh, in half. Fuck. Uh, yeah cleft in half yeah yeah and there's also uh, probably like one of the actual most eerie scenes in the franchise is when he's like hanging from that jason's hanging from that rope and he pulls the sack over his head mm-hmm. and he's just got that demented baby face and he's like <laughs> and then he, like just for a second just to be like hey hey and then he puts it back down so mm-hmm. Uh, I I love the movie for stuff like that. I think that shit's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, yeah. our other piece of feedback. I've been uh, looking forward to sharing with everyone. Ooh. Hello, Criterion Creeps presents School School Number Two is a really cool song. You should increase your plays and downloads. Going to upload some of my MP3s soon, and I would like your thoughts on how to get more fans. One of my friends is using tools like SoundCloud Automator to grow his audience. Let me know your opinion. Bye. User six nine two one eight eight two nine six. Hmm. Well, thanks for your feedback, user six nine two one eight eight two nine six. Um. Uh. I didn't. I think. I think we did make a really cool song. I, I was gonna say. I think it is a good song, man. Yeah. Like I. I've said that from the start, but it's good to hear that other people agree with. You know what we're trying to do. Like he gets the message of what we. This has always or been intended she. to be. Mm-hmm. He or she, uh, it, they get yeah. they get what we're doing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And as far as your uh, inquiry, I, I don't know how to get more fans. Um. Well, I try my best. I hand out flyers in the local men's club. Mm-hmm. Not like like by men's club, you know, like um, in police academy. I think it's called the Blue Oyster. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's like that. Okay. So I tried doing that, but um, people don't care. I guess I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah, people suck. People suck, dude. They just, they just don't know a good thing when they see it. Nope. It's too damn bad. Mm-hmm. Well, that's too bad. Sorry, user. Uh, anyway, hey, news. What, news. News. So, um, news I've been wanting to share for a little bit is Criterion Ooh. announced their January lineup of releases. That's Anything tw- good? That's 2017. Um, depends on who you are and what your tastes are like. Uh, I think it's, for me, going to be a fairly cheap month, uh, which will be nice after the next two months, which are just going to rip the money right out of my bank account. Um, there's so much stuff coming this way, lots of genre stuff. There's like that Herschel Gordon Lewis Feasts collection coming out on Blu-ray. That's like mm-hmm. 200 odd bucks. I don't know why I'm getting it. Most of those movies are kind of trash, but... Uh, I don't know. It, it's when it's gone, it's going to cost me way more money to get it later. So I might as well just do it now while I'm young. Yep. 
Yeah. Uh, so as far as Criterions go, uh, there's a film called The Tree of Wooden Clogs by uh, Hermano Oimi from 1978. No idea what that's about, but I kind of like the title. Uh, there's a film called Black Girl by uh, Usmani Sembini from 1966. Mm-hmm. Also unfamiliar with it. Uh, we have a Rainier Werner Fassbinder film coming called Fox and His Friends from 1975. Uh, and we actually have two films that I've just recently watched uh, in the last couple months. Uh, Something Wild by Jack Garfine from 1961. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. and probably the biggest one of the batch for a lot of people is His Girl Friday by Howard Hawks from 1940. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of had predicted. Did I maybe I don't, maybe we were talking about it on this show? But uh, I think I, I figured His Girl Friday was going to be coming out soon onto Criterion. They like that Howard Hawks. They put out uh, Only Angels Have Wings, mm-hmm. um, and this is also I think falls under the uh, Sony Columbia uh, label. And it just seems like Criterion would put something out like this. Uh, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, His Girl Friday I think is actually not that great. I think it's I it's not for me. I don't. I, I think uh, Only Angels Have Wings and uh, Bringing Up Baby are way better examples of like screwball comedy stuff or sure. or just like uh, Only Angels Have Wings is just like a better movie uh, I mean, Something Wild was like that greasy weird movie that's in the 60s New York girl gets mm-hmm. raped in a park at the beginning and oh great yeah but then the rest of the movie is like her like dealing with it in 1960s New York when people didn't talk about those things happening and then she winds up being uh, kept in a basement by a eye patch guy Mm-hmm. Um, as as what happens, Jared Duncan is that who it is? <laughs> yes, me. Eye patch man. I'm, yeah, well, see, that's like after the time travel uh, accident that leaves me having mm-hmm. to wear an eye patch. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't happen for a couple weeks though. No, not for a couple weeks. Uh, so yeah, that those are the high. That, that that's the, all of the lights uh, of what's coming out in January from Criterion. Do you have any uh, news, RJ, that you'd like to share? Non Criterion news, news of the day, gripes. Grapes? Uh, not really, man. There, uh, I don't think there was anything that happened, or I'm just not keeping track of it. Oh my god! I don't know. I, I got nothing to complain about. They didn't announce any more Disney live action movies this week, so um, Max Landis didn't do anything this week. Uh, the preview for that Logan Wolverine movie came out, and that looks pretty fucking cool. Yeah, you put a... Johnny Cash over anything, and I'm gonna like it. So. Yeah, any problems you might have had, it kind of overruns that. Uh, I will, I yeah. will say, I I really like that trailer. Uh, mm-hmm. As I've probably mentioned on this show, I'm not a fan of the superhero movie, um, but I've always have I kind of have a soft spot for the X Men stuff. Yeah, but uh, yeah. and yeah, I thought this trailer was really good. Even though, like, I'd say, like the way the movie was shot, it kind of looks a little like flat but it's really tough to tell because it's all preliminary trailer stuff Mm so but that that music boy it put people in the mood and i think everyone that's seen it just goes whoa this looks really good and i'm like yeah Mm -hmm. it should it looks like it's made for adults for once that's novel (laughs) no i think it looks really good and uh hugh and james mangold did a good job on the last one and uh i i really like the x-man uh x-man it's man franchise (laughs) i like the franchise a lot too wow uh because I was a 90s kid, so the cartoon was a big influence on me. Yeah. But uh, I don't know if I've ever said it on here, but I think the best thing that could have ever happened to them is to, like, not be part of the whole Marvel Universe thing. Mm-hmm. It's so much better. Like, they have so many characters and stories on their own. Like, if you try to add anything else to that, it would just turn into hot garbage. Kind of like, I guess, what the last, like, Apocalypse turned out to be. It's just garbage. But oh, X2, that. man, best movie ever made. 
<laughs> Best movie ever made. Pretty close. Uh, yeah. Um, well, Actually, I, that's news. I heard the guy writing the new Godzilla sequel, the American, is the guy who wrote X2. Uh, so that's cool. That means nothing, though. What else has he done in between? That's a long time. Uh, there was something else, but it, I don't even remember. Like, so There's probably some there's some probably junk in there. <laughs> I'm, I don't seal, know. Seal of approval. Seal of approval. Uh, so I got a piece of news, though, that actually goes back to one of our films that we've reviewed on the show. Uh, this is a uh, little piece from AV Club, uh, written by Sean mm. O'Neill, probably one of their best writers, who takes these press releases and turns them into comedy gold. Uh, this mm-hmm. headline is, This Harry Shearer Spinal Tap Lawsuit Goes to $125 Million. Whoa. Harry Shearer, increasingly the sonorous voice of protest in various contract disputes, is suing the entertainment groups Vivendi and Studio Canal for $125 million over profits he says he was cheated out of for This Is Spinal Tap. Shearer played Derek Small's bass assist and self-described lukewarm water in the 1984 metal mockumentary, which is based on characters he, Christopher Guest, and Michael McKean had originated in 1978. You all, of course, will know this, folks, because you listened to episode 11 of Criterion mm-hmm. Creeps. Mm-hmm. But after several decades of Spinal Tap enjoying a successful run across film, home video, albums, concert tours, and way overused quotes, Shearer says he's earned a mere $81 in merchandising income from a contract that may as well have read Shit Sandwich. In a video. Shit. Sandwich. That's right. In a video posted to his just-launched website, Fairness Rocks, Shearer explains that while filing a claim like this one is neither funny nor easy, I think it's important to challenge the status quo, not just for myself, but I hope for all my fellow artists, musicians, and creators. And if the claims he's alleging are true, they're certainly justified. After his company discovered the suspicious accounting in 2013, Shearer says Vinde told him this is Spinal Tap simply hasn't been profitable, despite it being released twice theatrically, selling untold amounts of VHS and DVD copies, and airing on television television odds are right now in addition to somehow generating a mere 81 dollars in profits across the 22 year period from 1984 to 2006 vivendi who also owns the label that released the film's popular soundtrack also claims that total profits from the album amounted just 98 dollars wow 98 dollars is about enough to buy one miniature stonehenge Shearer says alluding to a scene that if everyone had just paid him a dollar every time it's been referenced this lawsuit wouldn't be even be necessary sadly it is and Shearer, who similarly took on simpsons last year is now accusing both companies of fraud misappropriation and breach of contract along with using spinal tap profits to offset losses from other unsuccessful movies the lawsuit also paints a picture of vinde's uh, generally deceitful practices and overall mismanagement of the spinal tap brand including allowing a beer uh, including a allowing a beer company to trademark the Spinal Tap name unopposed, yet requiring Shearer himself to obtain a license before so much as appearing as the character he created. In addition to $125 million in damages, uh, Shearer is also seeking to have the Vindy's copyrighted Spinal Tap terminated at its 35-year mark in 2019, though it's unclear as yet to whom the rights should revert. It also hasn't been said yet what, if any, involvement this lawsuit will have from guest McKean or director Rob Reiner. What is clear is that when it comes to media corporation accounting practices, it's such a fine line between stupid and criminal. Um, all I have to say is, yeah, that's some bullshit. <laughs> um, I don't know. Like, I think I saw Rob Reiner respond and I think he just said, yeah, I think hard people should be paid what they're deserved. And it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, no shit. <laughs> yeah. Well, it sucks to be him. That's, that's but pretty what, crazy. What? Yeah. Yeah. That sucks. It stinks. <laughs> stinks. Yeah. It's a big shitty sandwich, man. Yeah. It's just like, it's kind of crazy though that, that it took till like. 2013 for him to like uh realize that hey i haven't made any money off of this thing um 
And now mm-hmm. it's like time to investigate. It's like, oh, I don't know. Hopefully that doesn't bite him in the ass that it like took too long to visit it or something silly. But uh, yeah. yeah, well, we'll see how that plays out. Um, Harry Shearer seems to like start shit and then it just kind of goes away and just gets resigned. I don't know. Yeah. Well, he's got a lot of money anyway, so I don't feel bad for him either he, way. He's got that fat Simpsons money. Yes, he does. Mm-hmm. Yes, he does. Yeah. Well, I don't know. That's all I got for news. You good? Yep, that's it. Outstanding. Well, after the break, we're going to be talking about RJ's new favorite movie, Sid and Nancy from 1986, directed by Alex Cox. Don't say that stuff. You're going to get people thinking that it is my favorite movie. <laughs> but you don't even know what I think about this movie yet. Okay. Vicious. You hit me. Sydney's more than a mere bass player, he's a fabulous disaster. He has a sex pistol, all your human needs are seen to. And we're talking about Sid and Nancy, directed by Alex Cox from 1986. A little synopsis here. 
The movie opens up in October 1978 at the Chelsea Hotel with a visibly distraught Sid Vicious, played by Gary Oldman, uh, staring off into the distance with his girlfriend, Nancy Spungen, played by Chloe Webb, dead from a stab wound. Sid's hands covered in blood. He's hauled in by the police for questioning because this is a rather weird, bleak scene involving a musician involved with one of the world's most famous punk bands. So the rest of the movie is told in flashback to a year prior. Uh, Sid and bandmate Johnny Rotten hooligan it up in the streets of London. They go to hang out with their dominatrix heroin addict friend Linda, and that is where Sid meets Nancy. Uh, Nancy's an American visiting uh, London, hanging out in the punk scene, being a groupie, doing drugs, having sex with whomever. Uh, we get the flavor of what this what a Sex Pistol show would be like uh, in the period, and I have no doubts as to the accuracy of it here, as it seems kind of unpleasant and nasty, but mm-hmm. it seems to be uh, pretty okay with the people that are in it. So... Uh, power to those punks uh Mm -hmm. we get a snapshot of the circumstances these people live in uh with people living on floors flopped out mattresses having sex while other people fart and try to sleep um Mm -hmm. nancy tries putting the moves on sid but he's having none of it uh but one thing leads to another and sid is brought into the wonderful world of heroin addiction by nancy and the two kick off a relationship we all wish we could be in strung out often drunk or on meth and physical violence abounding these two aren't particularly good for one another and this impacts the band and there's a talk uh an attempt to buy nancy off to buy her house so she'll kind of go away so the band can get back to its business but this doesn't exactly work out and this only brings the two closer together uh, that's kind of how it goes with relationships mm-hmm. uh the band heads out to america on tour and shit just gets worse and f- eventually the band just falls apart at the end of the tour and sid decides he's going to pursue a solo career with nancy as his manager and they're going to live in new york where they have access to drugs now mm-hmm. both heavily addicted to heroin shit just gets grimmer with visits to family uh, nobody wanting anything to do with either of them anymore other than bigger scumbags who are wanting to sell them more drugs and their suicide packs made, reneged on, and yeah, just all round grim times. Um, so yeah. this film was fairly controversial uh, when it was released in the sense that uh, it, it had only come out a few years after the actual events have it happened. So this was, mm-hmm. uh, this was all 78, 79 and um, or 77 through 79. Uh, so Sid Vicious, his mother and Beverly tried to prevent the film from coming out. But apparently after meeting Alex Cox, she gave uh, Gary Oldman, uh, Sid Vicious's own heavy metal chain and padlock. So she signed off on the film. Um, but yeah, and then like Johnny Rotten himself, um, Johnny Lind, he like hadn't wanted nothing to do with the film. I've actually uh, written out or I got copy and pasted, let's say, uh, what he had to say about the film, which I think is interesting. Mm-hmm. I cannot understand why anyone who uh, would want to put out a movie like Sid and Nancy and not bother to speak to me. Alex Cox, the director, didn't. He used as his point of reference of all people on this earth, Joe Strummer, that guttural singer from The Clash. What the <laughs> fuck did he know about Sid and Nancy? That's probably all he could find, which was really scraping the bottom of the barrel. The only time Alex Cox made any approach toward me was when he sent the chap who was playing me over to New York where I was. This actor told me he wanted to talk about the script. During the two days he was there, he told me that the film had already been completed. The whole thing was a sham. It was a ploy to get my name used in connection with the film in order to support it. To me, this movie is the lowest form of life. I honestly believe that it celebrates heroin addiction. It definitely glorifies it at the end when that stupid taxi drives off into the sky. That's such <laughs> nonsense. The squalid New York 
hotel scenes were fine, except they needed to be even more squalid. <laughs> All the scenes in London with the pistols were nonsense. None bore any sense of reality. The chap who mm-hmm. played Sid, Gary Oldman, I thought uh, thought was pretty quite good, but even he only played the stage persona as opposed to the real person. I don't consider that Gary, Old- Gary Oldman's fault because he's a bloody good actor. If only he had the opportunity to speak to someone who knew the man, I don't think they ever had the intent to research properly in order to make a seriously <laughs> accurate movie. It was all just for money, wasn't it? To humiliate mm-hmm. somebody's life like that and very successfully was very annoying to me. The final irony is that mm-hmm. I, I still get asked questions about it. I have to explain that it's all wrong. It was all someone else's fucking fantasy. Some Oxford graduate who missed the punk rock era. The bastard. When I got back to London, they invited me to a screening. So I went to it to see it and it was utterly appalled. I told Alex Cox, which was the first time I had met him, that he should be shot. And he was quite lucky I didn't shoot him. I still hold him in the lowest light. Will the real Sid please stand up? As for how I was portrayed, well, there's no offense in that. It was so often ridiculous. It was absurd. Champagne and baked beans for breakfast? Sorry, I don't drink champagne. He didn't even speak like me. He had a Scouse accent. Worse, there's a slur implied in the movie that I was jealous of Nancy, which I find particularly loathsome. There is that implication that I feel I was definitely put there. I guess that's Alex Cox showing his middle-class twittery. It's all too glib. It's all too easy. Um... Hmm. One thing I'll mention, though, is I, I guess like the actual uh, art director, uh, uh, assistant director, kind of art director on this film uh, was actually a part of the pistol scene. So I can't remember, Nancy something, but so she was there. And so she probably was collaborating a little bit as far as like the look and stuff like that. But I mean, sure. probably the inner workings. I mean, I think even um, Alex Cox says that he totally gets why like Lyndon or Lyndon mm-hmm. hates, the, hates this movie because why? Yeah, of course he's going to hate it. Um so that makes total sense. Um, yeah. So as far as the movie goes, RJ, what did you think of Sid and Nancy? Well, with that terrific lead into uh, uh, to just giving me a nice pl- platter here. Hey, Jerry, you know what stinks? What? Sid and Nancy. <laughs> <laughs> this movie stinks. Oh man. Uh, um, so in my okay. notes, so in my notes here, uh, where did I write it here? There came a point when I was watching this. I, it's been years since I'd watched this movie. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh man, RJ's gonna hate this movie. <laughs> why? Okay, wait. I, I'm curious because I know why I didn't like this movie. Mm. But why did you think I wouldn't like this movie? Okay. Um, the things I think you'll you hate, you probably hate that all the characters unlikable, and you hate them. You probably particularly hate Nancy, um, and you probably found it was pointless. You found it was too long, and you're like, this movie is gross. Why would yeah? Why, yeah. That- okay, so you're 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 almost there. Um, okay. I uh, I think Nancy is the worst character I've ever seen in a movie ever. Okay. And I don't blame the actress, and I don't blame the real Nancy, but it's just when you get two hours of someone on screen going sad, sad in that sad, New York accent, it is fucking unbearable. Well, I do believe uh, I messaged you uh, first thing this morning saying that I was going to be doing my side of the review in yeah. in character as Nancy, to which you responded, I'll fucking kill you. Yeah. <laughs> and I quote. So, yeah, exactly. Well, I think she sucks. Um, the, you're you're right. I do think the characters, none of them are likable, but that's, that's actually not why I didn't like it. So mm-hmm. I'm going to lay it out for you right now. Okay, go. I think the story is good. I think the acting is good. I think the characters are fine. What I think 
stinks about this movie is director Alex Cox. I think he's this is the only movie I've seen from him and I think he did a pretty bad job with it. Like there were so many things that were happening where a scene would happen and I'd be like, "Oh yeah, I really like this." And then it would go in a different way and I'd be like, "Why the fuck is he doing that?" Like it's so so bizarre to me like um one thing I think this movie looks really cheap, like it was made for TV, which isn't like necessarily a negative thing. Like I don't mind like low quality stuff like that, but that's how it felt to me. Um, I thought the audio was really bad. Like, there's a lot of weird sound things. Um, the big problem I had was, like, so he would do things that I think if he stuck with would have been really cool. Like, when the uh, apartment room catches on fire, mm-hmm. it's kind of, like, just burning and it's slow. Like, the, it kind of slows down a little bit. But then when the firemen come in, it's, like, sped up. And he does that a lot in this movie. Like, he speeds up things, like, and fast forward. Like, the kids go up to him, and he's like, I'm Sid Vicious. And the kids, like, all run away and fast forward. And I, I think that's so cheesy. Like, I don't like that at all. Huh. See, because um, I, like, the, when I first started watching this movie uh, the other night, I was, like, really impressed by, like, uh, by some of the direction. Um, like, mm, I, I think, like, controversy. The, yeah, no, like, actually, that's, like, the one thing I would compliment this movie on is Alex Cox's mm-hmm. direction at times. Um, like, just, like, the whole opening scene with him, like, in the, uh, the Chelsea hotel room. And just, like, mm-hmm. the, the, like, him just staring off and you don't really know what, what's happened. And it has this, like, real, like, sense of, like, something bad's happened. Um, and like, yeah, no, I thought that was really good. Uh, Mm -hmm. no, like actually, yeah, it's surprising to me that you'd have that problem. Well, see, that's what I mean. But the thing is though, I've heard, I have seen, uh, when we get to the later portion of the show, uh, who hates (laughs) this movie, um, there's like a lot of people who, who do hate this movie and they complain about Alex Cox's direction. Um, yeah. So I, I will say, I don't know if that was actually him or not. So that's hard to say, but the problem I have is like there's scenes like the one you described, like the opening that I think are really good. Like that scene, the fire scene when the garbage is coming down, like obviously. Oh, yeah. I think that stuff's all really good. Yes. But then it gets followed up with like these really like exaggerated kind of hammy things. And it's like, oh, uh, like because I don't know. I'm sure they were probably actually like that. Maybe like I don't think he just made all that shit off. But I was like, eh, whatever. So I- I'll say. I think this movie is all right. I just don't really, there was a lot of stuff I didn't like in it. And I, I'll blame the director because I don't know who else to blame for it. Cause I don't think it was Gary Oldman's fault. Like <laughs> I thought he was good. Uh, so. Well, so actually do you, would you like to know what uh, commissioner Gordon thinks about his role? Uh, sure. Yeah. Lay it okay. on me. So um, uh, Lee or uh, Harvey Oswald, he said that probably he's like probably the most consistently praised thing about this movie. Like everything you read, even people who yep. hate this movie talk about how good Gary Oldman is, which yep. is funny considering he's he actually turned the role down twice before accepting it uh-huh. uh, from the, after the urging of his agent and the salary, I guess. It's like, well, yeah. right. Uh, his reasons for turning it down was while he had no real, he had no real knowledge uh, or interest in the punk movement, which makes sense considering like he's now kind of like one of those like famous right wing Hollywood guys. Yeah. Um, yeah. He felt the script was banal and who cares and why bother he later dismissed and but but he also later dismissed his performance saying i don't think i played sid vicious very well so he's like not even a fan of like his performance in this movie i think he's actually really indifferent to this um which is just it's just funny though that like he thinks very little of it but like he this is like kind of like probably why a lot of people will seek this movie out because it's gary oldman or uh the fact that alex cox directed repo man 
Um, yeah, exactly. Like yeah. I haven't even I haven't seen Repo Man, but I, I hear good things. This is the only movie I've seen by Alex Cox. Well, so yeah, I mean, so like this is uh, my whole basis for him. Okay, so yeah, I would say that like it's kind of fun. I guess because we're watching it in the order that we're in, I thought maybe you'd watch Repo Man already because it's got aliens and. <gasps> um, but also, uh, like the, I think the weird, like stylistic stuff you're kind of like yeah. having issue with, mm-hmm. you, it would make sense if you've seen Repo Man because that's like Repo Man's got a lot of that in it. Oh no! It, but it's like, but it makes more sense there because it's not a biopic about real people and yeah. not set in like heroin dens and just filthy fucking degenerates, like just yeah, sloughing off their life. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, not okay. Like, it, but no, I don't like, know. It, I, that's interesting. No, it's totally interesting though. Cause I, I, I yeah. would say that like, yeah, no, there's like, uh, moments in this movie that are just like, uh, breathtakingly like beautiful or like really mm-hmm. good. Like, yep. uh, one of the first ones is like when, when they're, uh, in the phone booth and she's called home to tell her mom that yeah. she's, uh, she's, they got married and send money. Like, cause we all, we, we know what her end game is. And then like when she yeah. like, isn't getting her way and she just starts freaking out and the, we get the flip and just losing it. Like that scene is so brutal to watch. Like it's tough. Like mm-hmm. I thought that scene was just so well done. Um, I'd say that like, yeah, as far as like, Nancy's like so the Chloe Webb performance one of the things that like I couldn't help but look at it was just like how horrible she looks like her makeup it's like so she looks like she's 50 years old and I'm like what the hell and like I don't know it seems so weird like but then I started looking it up and I'm like oh like when Nancy was killed like she was 20 years old Chloe Webb the actress she was 30 when she was playing this role. Oh, but okay. what's what's funny though is uh Courtney Love actually wanted to play this character. She really yep. wanted to play Nancy, which is actually which actually would have made a lot more sense because she was actually like twenty yeah. she was twenty-two. Um and so she, but I guess they wanted like a name actress, which I guess Chloe Webb is a name actress or something. She's, I've never even heard of her. Me, before. Me, me neither, but maybe she's like more better known like in the UK. Um okay. but yeah, you know, uh whatever hilariously though yeah. courtney love would get to get her chance to play nancy spurgeon uh if you're if you uh, a few years later in her relationship with kurt cobain <laughs> that joke's never been made <laughs> oh. oh jareth oh um but no yeah like so i don't want to give the wrong impression here i did uh lead a little heavy um, I do think there are good things in this movie. Like, like I said, certain scenes I think are really good, and I actually like the story. I don't mm. mind that they're all shitty because you know, hey, everybody in the world is really shitty. <laughs> so, so it's like I think that stuff is fine. It was just certain. There was a lot of certain or a lot of elements that I just didn't like, and it uh, kind of brought the the hole down for me. And I was like, come on, like every yeah, I don't know. English kids are the worst. Hooligans. Hooligans. I think punks uh, suck. Uh, <laughs> watching like a punk show just makes me like so like feel so old and like Ugh, I hate these kids because it's like they're up there like spitting on people and like yeah, I'm just so like Ugh, RJ I, RJ it's so cool. <laughs> yeah, well, whatever. And then they're all whiny bitches about it too. It's like mm. it's like you'll get a dude who's like spitting on people and someone will like someone will bump into him and be like. Ugh. <laughs> Like, shut up, man. You asked for this life. Mm-hmm. So, um, I don't know, man. Yeah. So, 
Okay, to I guess go along with that. So yeah, uh, Alex Cox told uh, NME Magazine that we wanted to make the film not about Sid Vicious and punk rock, but as an anti-drug statement to show the degradation caused to various people is not at all glamorous. Um, Mm. Well, I'd say mission accomplished. (laughs) But I mean, I didn't want to do drugs before this movie and I certainly don't want to do them now. But it's kind of like a weird thing that it's like, so this is the film that like, I thought like you'd be kind of turned off on because it kind of fits into that realm of like, gummo in sort of like this really dank depressing world which i don't know if you particularly enjoy those types of deals it's it's a mixed bag and i know this is going to be confusing because there's a there's a lot of times where i actually really like that because that's kind of how i see things Mm -hmm. but then there are other times where it's like oh i don't like watching this at all so i'm just kind of like yeah (laughs) salo and gummo and happiness but uh, I don't know. The best, the best, (laughs) the worst. Um, I I'll admit I'm, I'm probably just a huge hypocrite for that because where I draw the line, I don't even know. Sometimes I, sometimes I really like, like it. And sometimes I think it sucks. So like, and that's what I mean. This movie, I didn't mind it at all. Like I thought it was fine or I thought it was all fine that they were showing that because that's how I'm sure it was. And, you know, drugs suck. <laughs> they ruin mm-hmm. they ruin people. So I didn't mind seeing that. It was it's like I said, that's not really the problem I had with this movie. It was just other stuff, which I don't know. I didn't I just didn't dig some of the things that uh, some of the ways they presented. They actually the made the movie. OK. Yeah. Yeah. I just yeah. I don't know. Yeah. There was <sighs> one line I thought was funny when they were farting. So, yeah, farts are funny. You're, you're, you're at least consistent. <laughs> yeah. Um, People yeah, know what I like yeah. right now. Your, your uh, comment about uh, sound uh, brought to mind, there was like this one bit of like a ADR that's like right at the beginning in the interrogation scene that's There's so, it's so bad from the one spot yeah. though, where he's like, he bit my fucking hand. And it's like, what the hell? Like, it's it's so overdone. And I'm like, wow, that's really sloppy. And I mean, some yeah. people could like wring their hands and apologize for it. Um, it makes a, well, you know, uh, it, it's part of the punk aesthetic, mm-hmm. the sloppy technicalness. It's like, no, it's not. It's, it's just cheaply done and yeah. could have done be done a lot better. But, I hey. noticed that a couple times, actually, like uh, the ADR stuff. Like I saw it pop up a few times and it's it's not even that like, some of the dialogue and then like the voices, but just some of the actual audio and like sound effects, it's very like, uh, it doesn't flow well with like what's happening. So I don't know if it was like intentional. Like, I guess like what you're saying is how he kind of, he plays around with the speeds of things and maybe he plays around with the audio too. And it was all intentional, but I didn't think it, I don't know. It just didn't work for me. You know, it didn't work for me, man. It wasn't my kind of movie, (laughs) bro. Bro, I only like movies with Mel Gibson. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Um, oh, hey, remember uh, me telling you that I have a problem with people's bare feet? <laughs> so I do. Th- yeah. there, there, there's a particularly rank scene where it's like uh, mm. Sid is just like sucking on Nancy's toes. And it's yeah. just like, I'm like, huh, you know, I don't think Nancy's had like a bath for like a long time she's living out of like ba- oh, no. out of bags and there he is just snorkeling on those toes and it's just like <laughs> you know she was walking through like poop and stuff too for uh, sure all sorts of what have you and uh yeah then i think like later on there's a bit where it's like they're laying in bed and she's like come on sid suck my toes and he's like no i don't want to and it's like no you, no don't <laughs> yeah i uh i thought of you at that point because uh 
Yeah, I know you have a, a certain fondness for feet and being touched by feet and feet mm. touching other things. Yeah. So yeah. especially strange, strange people's feet do bother yeah. me. Hey, I hear they call you the big daddy of punk. Is that true? Uh, not lately. That's not true not anymore. Lately. I think. Uh, how uh. about that baby mohawk? Oh yeah, I thought that was cool. <laughs> I like baby mohawks. Yeah, there's that bit with the little the mom with her little baby mohawk kid. Um, uh-huh. that reminds me of, uh, I think it like, sometimes like when I'm watching like old wrestling pay-per-views, there's like just scenes where, uh, like in the front row, there's like this, like, it's like probably 10 o'clock at night in Georgia. And there's this dad with his like infant at a wrestling show, at, yeah. like n- late at night watching this men being thrown around, beer being tossed about. And it's like, it's really loud yeah. in there. That's like the last place you should be, uh, you know, mm-hmm. doing this. And well, you know, that's a great tradition that gets, comes across, uh, to punk and I'm sure metal shows as well. Yeah, probably. <laughs> so I guess everybody's, <clears throat> everybody sucks, right? Everyone's that's, horrible. That's my catchphrase, I think for the show. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, yes. And I've left a note here for myself. Nancy's beautiful voice. <laughs> oh God. Like I'm not, so I know I, I'm going to come off like, I'm going to come off like an asshole because I feel like I hit on certain themes a lot, but I'm like, I'm not trying to be sexist or misogynistic or anything, but it's really fucking annoying to hear her fucking yakking all the time. And if it was a man doing it, I would have the same problem. It's like, I don't want to hear you just like me and just whiny ass motherfuckers. I mean, to to show that you are, uh, you will be equally offended by both men and women with annoying voices. You also uh, had the same problem with uh, Chop Top from Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Oh, fucking horrible. I remember too because I got cut off when I was talking about that in a previous episode. But I fucking, I think that movie sucks, number one. And I think he is particularly bad in it. And I don't blame the actor. I like, because there is definitely a Toby Hooper thing where he was trying to make that movie as like hammy and annoying as possible. But like, I, I swear to God, I had to watch that movie on fucking mute because like the entire... 80% of it was him in the background chopped up being like <laughs> or the old guy like good. droning yeah the old guy was like droning on he was like oh ribs baked beans so <laughs> that movie sucks too um so I just I I just hate uh, really whiny fucking people it drives me crazy because okay I get it where it's like, you know, a lot of people own a house. They can watch a movie at like a normal volume. I live with two other people, my girlfriend and a roommate. And, uh, you know, we have neighbors and stuff like that. So when I'm watching a movie and it's just the loudest, most obnoxious, like screeching, I I turn the volume down because I feel bad. And also because I don't want to listen to it either. So Mm -hmm. uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, watch with uh, Mute on, just put on a nice like Beethoven symphony in the background. And uh, Sid and Nancy, uh, just have the remote ready for like 30% of the movie. You're basically going to want to mute. Fair so, enough. <laughs> that's how I feel yeah. about that. Yeah, no, that like, yeah, no, that for me, like it is like in that it's almost borders on bad acting though, too. Like I, I really, with yeah. her, I really don't know where that line is. Like, I'm like, it's just, like, how close is it? I mean, I haven't watched like a lot of these, like there's like the filth and the fury documentary. There's like the great rock and roll swindle, um, kind of not fake half film thing that the sex pistols did. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm not really familiar with like her 
uh, in reality, doesn't know like how much of like that like weird like New York accent she actually yeah. has. So I'm not sure how accurate that is, but yeah, it's like definitely like ugh, like it's cringy. Like it's supposed to like, and I think it's supposed to be, but it does kind of border on to like bad territory Annoying. or just like bad performance. Um, yeah, like it's well, like, see, but it's hard for me to tell. Like that's but, that's what I mean too. Like when I was watching this, I was like, well, I'm sure this is how the actual people really were. And you know what? I would have fucking I wouldn't have liked them either if I met him in real life. I would have been like this fucking these people are annoying as shit. <laughs> like, all right, Sid Vicious, go get a fucking job and take a shower, you bum. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I guess we haven't really talked about the Sex Pistols as an actual band. Um, are you a fan of their music? Have you? Uh, no. No. Have nope. you ever? Have you really listened to them? Like, are you? Are you? So you're not a fan in the sense you don't like them, or you just don't know them at all? Uh, no. I uh, the only experience I have to them is uh, Guitar Hero Three. Anarchy <sighs> in the UK was on that. Um, yeah. But it's not like. Uh, I, again, I'm going to toot my own horn here. Like, I think I'm pretty good with the music world. I'm pretty open to a lot of things. I like a lot of different, a lot of different genres and types. And I know a few bands and I know about the sex pistols. I just, I've never really listened to them. Okay. Interesting. So have you listened to the clash? Uh, just a little bit, little, but like just like kind of their um, singles and stuff and like probably, is it, are, are either of them anything like pixies or echo and the Bunnymen or like those the, types of bands no because i listen i listen to those guys they're like probably they're, they're definitely probably an influence in some re- yeah. more regard um because they were like that uk like 70s punk scene and then that kind of yeah. like led into a bunch of other stuff um but like so yeah i mean like sex puzzles only ever had one album which is uh the, like, they had some singles and like stuff like that, but yeah, they had their uh, never mind the bollocks. Here's the Sex Pistols. That's mm-hmm. like the the iconic like pink and green cover and black yeah. uh, black text or whatever. And um, yeah, so I mean, like I remember uh, that was like one of the CDs you could buy for like eight bucks, like super cheap. And I remember like for, like learning wanting to learn about punk music. Um, my friend yeah. Corey, he he was like really quite into like the uh, British punk stuff so I kind of would borrow his stuff and rip them and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I remember like basically my one Sex Pistols story that I can think of is I remember uh, at the the comic book store that I work at way back when I was like 16 or 17 years old I, I actually put this CD into the uh, CD player at the store oh no <laughs> and I was just thinking like yeah I mean they're pretty good and I remember uh, one guy uh, came to the store and he was like wow awesome Sex Pistols that's great and uh, this was more to the mm-hmm. chagrin of Bobby, who's just like, nope, nope, because yeah. he, he's more of a like uh, America's Got Talent, uh, traditional quote unquote traditional singing met modes. His wife yeah. teaches music or used to teach voice stuff, and uh, that's what he likes. He likes normal music. He's, he does not care for punk or hard music, um, even. 30 year old punk music. Um, yeah. And so I remember being arguing with him. He's like, this is my store, which is true. Mm-hmm. But I remember like, what? You don't, what's wrong with the Sex Pistols? I just couldn't get it around my mind that people wouldn't like that. It seemed like people did, but. I guess you're the punk. I am a, yes, I'm the you're, punk. You're no good punk, Jarrett. I'm like, well, I'm like the new punks that like don't get tattoos and stuff and don't drink and do drugs or anything. That's like a the rare. The nerds. Yeah. Well, the nerds are the new punks. Ah, uh, whatever, man. Man. Whatever, man. I got a skull and crossbones tattoo. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm hip. I'm with it. Yeah. Um, no, I don't. I was going to say, I, yeah. I think I just don't really listen to punk music. Oh, yeah. That's probably the, the only things I don't really listen to are punk and maybe country, but yeah. That's it. 
Yeah, there's... Oh, man, I'm going to look it up real quick, too. But actually, speaking of music, uh, I think the music in this movie is really good. Yeah, yeah, I thought the music was good. Oh, you know what scene I actually liked a lot? Was uh, the scene at the end with the kids and the boombox. Oh. And uh, the, the song was playing, and he was, like, dancing yeah. and jiving. Uh, I thought that was all really cool. I thought the song was wicked, and uh, I liked seeing him dance with the kids. Yeah, so yeah, that last song that plays to that "Taxi to Heaven" uh, by yeah. Pray for Rain. Yeah, that that's the music that starts the DVD. Because uh, we had to watch the MGM DVD because the Criterion is long out of print, and act- the DVD that I actually have it that's an old DVD too. It's like 2003, so that movie could probably use a little bit of love because like all the special features from the Criterion are lingering elsewhere. So yeah. I don't know. It sounded like it had some neat stuff, had some commentary. I'm sure with uh, Gary Oldman saying, "Yeah, I didn't really care about this performance." <laughs> um, yeah, I'd love to hear that. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I think I, I think I would agree with Gary on this one. Yeah, uh, it's not one of his better performances. No, just the movie on a whole, oh. where he's just like, yeah, I don't know, I don't care. No, yeah, he doesn't care about <laughs> this, these punks. Yeah, he's like, this movie doesn't really need to exist. Uh, hey, RJ, have you ever carved yep. a woman's name into your chest? Yeah, but I usually do it in a lot more sensual way. Oh, without a like, what what do you use instead of a razor blade? Fingernails, man. Cool. If you don't um, use your own body <laughs> to implement harm, then what are you even doing? Yeah, you're, well, you're not even in the game then. Yeah. Yeah. Just cheap. Did uh, Andrea wind up watching this one with you, or did you go? No. She, she, yeah, she didn't actually, and she she was going to, and then after I watched it, I was like, you know, maybe it was good you didn't watch it. <laughs> I was like, I didn't really like it. Yeah. It's like you might have. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But. Um, yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Then uh, Sid's uh, my way. Uh, the, that, that, so the actual version of that song by Sid Vicious, uh, it's used quite famously at the end of Goodfellas. If I don't know if you remember uh, that or not, but yeah, that's kind of like I didn't actually. Yeah, because yeah, it's kind of weird because that whole sequence it's like played for a dream sequence. Because what it was is like yeah. that's that that was actually filmed uh, for the uh, Great American Swindle. That that, that Malcolm uh, McLaren, who I don't know if you probably didn't pick up on it because the movie doesn't really play with it. So their manager, the guy who's like out front of the. Uh, the venue yeah. and he's that, that's their manager Malcolm McLaren who's uh-huh. like quite quite an interesting figure in his own right like he did a lot of stuff like he was a manager for a lot of musical acts and like in this movie kind of depicts him as kind of a scumbag and kind of yeah. like doesn't really give a shit about like what people do but as long as they can show up on time and make him money um, mm-hmm. but yeah he like he actually co-wrote a uh, or he wrote like, he was going to work on a project with Alan Moore called uh, Fashion Beast and it was going to be like a okay. movie, um, but it never really came to be. And then it kind of exists now as a comic that's like, mm. it's like a Beauty and the Beast thing. But yeah. Like, okay. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. So people, if you want to read about Malcolm McLaren, go and do that. He's a mm. fascinating person. Um, hey, did you know that that My Way scene that was entirely improv? Gary Oldman just came out of his dressing room and started doing that. And everyone else just kind of, everything just clicked. <laughs> um, well, you know, that that was based on an actual thing. <laughs> No, it was completely improvised. Oh, then then he went back in time. Yep. <laughs> oh, yep. and he told oh. and he told Sid Vicious about it. Yep. Oh, okay. He thought it was a heroin dream, but it wasn't. <clears throat> oh, oh, here's here's the one note I wanted to mention too. Uh, I wrote down Kitty. So uh, mm-hmm. did this move? Did this amp up the tension for you? Waiting for one oh, of these absolutely. heroin addicts like hurling this poor little cat out a window, and you hitting I... the Criterion Collection forever. <laughs> I honestly, I was really afraid it was going to go the train spotting route. 
mm. where it's just neglected and then the you'll pass it and it's been like long dead like the baby oh. in train spotting so i was i was thinking that was gonna happen and no yeah it did it, it had me at the edge of my seat for the entirety of the movie and yeah. i was just like man i hope that cat's just gone yeah i think it get a does get a better life go. Man. yeah um yeah, yeah so <laughs> i remember when i was thinking about that i'm like so yeah this actually they mentioned train spotting this movie really is it's like cousin this movie is yep. very much so um that uh but yeah i would say my complaint with this movie is it's too long <laughs> Oh fuck yeah! Yeah, again, like I don't know if it's like the uh, resentment I hold, like having to watch these movies amidst like watching all these horror movies and be like, oh, God, I'd better go do the Criterion job, and like yeah. being like, oh my God, this movie's going on too long. But I think this movie could easily drop like a half hour, and you would never oh, know. You wouldn't know what easy. they cut. Um, so yeah, that's like probably my biggest like problem with it. Um, I guess yep. like uh, I. I used to. I thought I liked this movie a lot more. Rewatching mm-hmm. it, I don't like it as much as I remembered. Um, and yeah, a lot of it's, it, came, it's just like it's so like oh, it's such an like it's so good at succeeding and making an unpleasant movie. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I don't really like. Whereas like I found Salo, I find Salo really interesting to think about and what and it depicts like horrible shit too. Whereas this nah. movie, I just don't like. I don't know. I I'll, I just don't. I won't. I won't think about this movie actively ever. So like, you're in middle in the road for this guy too. Then maybe. Yeah. No, I am. I'm very much yeah. like. I think it's. Like, I think like like I said. Like I think there's like some really amazing moments in this movie. Um, yeah. But like it's all paced out with lots of like just people doing drugs and doing drugs yeah. and then doing some more drugs and then some boring shit and then some whiny shit and then some meaningless shit. Yeah. Um, oh, I just remembered another thing that I hated uh, when you were talking about the manager. You know that scene where he gets pulled out from a concert and gets beat up? Yeah. Which is like a bizarre scene in itself. It's like, would that ever really happen? <laughs> but maybe it did. I don't know. Um, so anyways, the manager and like that other dude come up and then the manager does like a finger gun. Mm-hmm. And then one of the guys like mugging him gets scared and runs away. And I was like, huh? <laughs> and and then he like points at it another guy and it makes like a gun sound. I was like, okay. I was like, I see that you're being really playful, but it's like, but that doesn't explain in any way, like why a guy would get scared from a finger gun. (laughs) So fuck you, Alex Cox. (laughs) Your wacky ideas. Your wacky Um, ideas. uh, One other thing I was very happy. Okay. One thing I was very happy about with this movie is it had uh, one of my, my boys, uh, Xander Berkeley, who basically always plays scumbags in like everything he ever shows up in uh you might remember him as uh john connor's foster father in terminator 2 um he's just a consistent factor in like a lot of movies like there's uh, in leaving las vegas he's the uh i think i remember what the title of it is but he's like this gross cab driver that's driving um elizabeth shoe home after she's just been gang raped by some frat boys and he makes some joke about like oh looks like you got an unexpected uh, backdoor delivery as she'd been (laughs) anal really raped and he starts like he's really concerned about getting money uh from this uh horror like you know horribly brutalized prostitute so xander berkeley always like he just plays like the piece of shit king and uh i was like really i didn't remember him being in this movie at all i was like oh it's all xander so mm-hmm. that was cool. Um, to, to be fair, though, that's just pretty typical cab talk, isn't it? Yeah. Saying, oh, like, looks like you've been ass raped tonight. I got that three times on my walk home. Mm. 
Yeah. So I don't know where you're hanging out that this is a weird thing for you for some reason. <laughs> no, yeah. that that's like, uh, yeah, that, that scene in uh, Leaving Las Vegas is like, that's the one thing I remember from that movie. It's just yeah. ugh, horrifying. Um, anyway, mm-hmm. well, I think it's time to ask the question, who hates this movie? Well. Everybody. A uh, few people, and they're pretty consistent yeah. in what they hate. Um, so I can't even remember this guy's name. is Cat Cat. <laughs> Uh, half star this movie sucks and those two are crazy it's too long and you end up just getting more and more irritated by the characters is that my alter ego cat 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 that's like sounds like something i said just like 10 minutes ago pretty much uh one star here from nick van leishout loud obnoxious grating irritating disgusting vile uncomfortable filthy and irresponsible Sid and Nancy represents everything the punk scene stood for and I kind of hated it sure it's well made to an extent and the performances are on point but I couldn't give two shits about the lead characters did I feel sorry for them yeah but only in so far as you feel bad for anyone who's fallen down the rabbit hole of addiction but it doesn't mean I want to spend two hours with them it doesn't help that the film gives us almost none of the necessary background to understand exactly who these people were before they met because without it they come off as untalented and entitled druggies my own personal bias probably plays a part in all this i can get into punk music but not the scene it inspires and yet i love alex cox's previous film repo man so fuck me right (laughs) well that's a little drastic i mean (laughs) i think he was fair he doesn't have to take it out on himself as much as he does Mm -hmm. yeah he shouldn't be carving this movie's name into his chest or anything (laughs) yeah I, I actually did that with Mel Gibson in my chest. Oh. But uh, I also did it on my butt cheeks because that's more fitting. <laughs> right? Uh, yep. Yeah, and that, there goes the two fans we had. There they go. Just yep. us, buddy. Uh-huh. Um, you know, so yeah, speaking to this idea, though, of like feeling bad for druggies and stuff like that, um, I'll put myself in the camp of I don't really have a lot of sympathy for those stories. Um, when I watch yeah. these, like, documentaries about this, like, horrible thing that happens to people because they've made the decision, hey, I'm going to do some drugs, <laughs> even though it's like, yeah, you mm-hmm. probably shouldn't. Um, I don't know. I just, like, I don't have a lot of sympathy for it. Uh, we act- Jared, well, are, you, are you saying that they may have been asking for it? Uh, I don't know. Because of that green thing they were wearing? That green thing they were wearing. Um, we, we had, so a few years ago, Chanel and I were living in this uh, apartment uh, around right. the corner, actually, from where you live now. And <gasps> we, we had some uh, neighbors that lived above us. And yes. they all started off well and good. Uh, it was this yes. guy and a gal. And then they kind of started getting into the drug scene. Uh, mm-hmm. the girl got out of that relationship and moved out of town and she seems to be doing okay, uh, right now, but her boyfriend, uh, he just became a bigger and bigger piece of shit as he got into drugs and his apartment started looking a lot like one that we saw tonight, uh, in Alex Cox's film. And then mm-hmm. he started letting other drug addicts stay in his building after he left and uh, oh, fun. and and then it just started getting worse and worse. Um, and we kind of like were having like this like passive aggressive war with them. Um, and like I, at that point, I was just like, I don't give a shit if these people live or die. Like I don't care. <laughs> like I just I want them to overdose and go away. That's like how you yeah. like have to start feeling. Um, and well, the the guy in that relationship, he did die of an overdose uh, several years ago. And good I don't for know, him. Good for him. And I don't know. 
at this point, now I don't care. Uh, now it's kind of like, well, that's too bad because it seems like people still like talk about how they miss him and stuff like that. But at the same time, I'm like, yeah, but I mean, this kind of like came upon himself to a, to a certain degree. But I don't know. Maybe well, I, I'm insensitive and I just don't get it. I'm sure uh, if we actually had a drug counselor listening to our show, they would tell me why I'm wrong and part of the problem. But mm-hmm. I'd like to take a, a moment here to provide my disclaimer that all opinions on in this podcast are the individuals and not the others. So I'm just going to distance myself from your thoughts once again. That's fine by <laughs> me. <laughs> yep. Hey, man, I got I'm being bold, throwing it out oh. there. Yeah, hot take, Jared. Hot take, Duncan. That's right. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No. Oh God. Speaking of drugs, too. There's this like, working at the comic store last night. There was this like kid who came in who probably was like early twenties, and you just like you can just spot like these like crack addicts and fentanyl you just kids. Smell it on them. Well, huh? well, you can smell that they haven't bathed because they smell like shit, and they come in all smiles. They're like the friendliest people because they want to be nice to everybody because till they get something that they want from you. Um, and he yep. wanted to sell like a pile of like Magic the Gathering cards to us, and they're all just like beat up, smelly cards. And he's like, "These are really valuable, and I gotta get some money for them." And it's like, "Well, I know why he needs that ten bucks for, but we're not giving it to him because this is junk." Um, well, and, yeah, but if he said they were valuable, you take him at his word, Jerry. Yeah. If, if you can't take a person for their word, what kind of community do we live in? Ugh, I don't know, but I don't know. It, it's just bumming me out, man. Drugs suck. <laughs> this yeah. Mo- this movie, I don't know. It, it doesn't quite suck, but I don't know. Drugs are horrible. And so, I don't know. It's kind of weird that this this whole Sid and Nancy movie kind of is a, it's like an anti-drug movie, but I don't know. It's not really, I don't know. Is it successful? <laughs> No, I don't know. Uh, I think something like Requiem for a Dream is the ultimate anti-drug movie, but yeah, I, I, I'd rewatch that one any day of the week. Yeah? Not, this, not this puppy. Requiem for a Dream, that movie really depressed the shit out of me when I watched it right out of high school. That, well, rightfully so. That movie, yeah, but now now I think it's kind of funny. <laughs> Requiem? I'm a, I'm a monster, RJ. Jesus, you are a monster. I say it a lot as a joke, but every now and then you get a little... A little shimmer comes through where it's just like, yeah, you are pretty bad. <laughs> you're the world, you're this country's greatest monster. You, yeah, you're worse than Hitler. Oh, come on! Flame, why? Well, that's a Simpsons joke, folks. Don't don't get into a nutshell here. Mm-hmm. Flavor country and stuff and stuff. <laughs> Flavor. You know, pe- people out there will know what I'm talking about. And if you don't, then whatever. You should watch more old Simpsons. That's all. There you go. Well, I think that's that for uh, Sid and Nancy. Goodbye, you two dead junkies. I don't miss them, and maybe they deserved it. Oh, he, do you actually know what happened to Sid Vicious after uh, he he might have killed Nancy with a stab wound? Uh, no, uh, basically, he, saw, I saw that he overdosed, but they he, didn't have a time frame. He, so oh, was that like t- years later? Well, he got out. He went on. He got out on bail, and before trial, he overdosed uh, intentionally, I guess, and he's dead. And that's why. All right, well, that's the end of that story. <laughs> well, see you in hell. Yeah, he took that taxi to heaven. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, what a great music, though. Anyways, after the break, we're going to hawk some shit at you, social media-wise, and talk about what we're talking about next time. <gasps> Hot shit. Ugh.
did make haste of which I'm certain I've lived a life that's holding man i got sweet mel gibson movies and gay porno movies and ben, oh, wait, wait wait not scratch that last one uh ben affleck movies and uh tacos sweet and yeah. hey folks you can follow us on that twitter at criterion creeps you can email us at criterion creeps at gmail.com we love feedback we like to feel special facebook page tumblr instagram we're on letterboxd and that is at Jared Duncan and Barnloaf. We've got all of our lists all the time. Keep up with what we're watching. SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, subscribe, rate, listen. Uh, next week, uh, well, before we get to our next spy number, we're going to be doing another Ghoul School. And I think it's just going to be all about horror movie watching. No special yeah, right. theme or anything like that. Uh, we've been watching lots of movies. And yeah, right. uh, we're going to talk about them. But yeah, after that, spine number 21 next week. Some Canadian director named David Cronenberg in his <gasps> movie Dead Ringers. Goddamn right. I've heard that movie's pretty okay. Uh, I don't know. Time will tell. It also And it also has uh, a Batman alumni in it. A, ba- uh, ba- a Batman movie alumni. Alfred. Alfred, yeah. Yeah. Um, Michael Caine as his dual role uh, as twin gy- gynecologists. That's who you're talking about, right? Right. It's classic. Yep. Don't even look it up. Just go with it. Michael Caine in Dead Ringers, folks. We we got this new cut. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are you watching right now after this? Me? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Is Mel Gibson in any horror movies? Uh, uh, Passion of the Christ? No, he's not in that. Ooh, that's a hot movie. Uh, no, I, I'll probably get through, like, Wishmaster or a Slumber Party Massacre, something like that. Awesome. Uh, mm-hmm. I think I'm mm-hmm. getting into that Just Franco again. Oh, uh, you pervert with your James <laughs> Franco's movies. Mm-hmm. This one, I think, has got, like, lots of lesbian sex in it, too. I know, because you're a prevert. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable with that. Yeah, well, all right. Good night, folks. See ya!